I'm Lauren. My name is Chris Davis. My name is Shannon Pickering. And I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. My name is Jeremiah, and I am ready to testify. Jeremiah Archer. I've never been good at <laughs> at introducing myself. I don't even know where to start, so I'm going to start at the end. I want to live a life that can be explained by nothing else than the presence of Jesus Christ. That's where we're going to start. Life before Christ, I hated Christians, I hated churches, and I hated preachers. And all of this is based on treatment I received from people who called themselves Christians when I was little. People's words hurt. The way people treat you hurts. I didn't know what to do with that pain. When I got older and I got bigger, I turned that pain around onto other people through ridicule, even, even sarcasm. I, I, could, I could tear someone to the bone. I look back and it was the people who were not representing Jesus Christ that turned me away from Jesus Christ. That serves as a good reminder for all of us to be very careful how we treat those who are not like us don't quite fit in where we're at. The tone of your voice, the look on your face, the words you use can send them down a very dangerous path. You have an assembly of people coming together on a Sunday to learn about love and they operate in the world with hate. That was my experience back then. That's what I saw from both people close to me and other strangers in the room. You would see them around town, see the way they treat people. It didn't add up. In junior high, high school, early 20s, I very much considered myself an atheist. defiantly denouncing the existence or presence of God in this world. A couple decades of, of drunkenness, debauchery, and deviance. I did whatever I wanted and got away with it most of the time. Ultimately, I hurt everyone who ever loved me. I devastated the people I loved. I've destroyed two families. I run from my problems 
and I I set myself up to live a solitary, lonely existence. A year before I came to Christ, I was fully prepared to kill myself. I was convinced that the world, my kids, my family would be better off if I was not around. Someone very close to me attempted suicide right uh, maybe a week before I was going to do what I had planned to do. I heard him say the same things. It just broke my heart how untrue it was. Before I got to that low point, I had admired my grandfather who on his deathbed demonstrated a peace that just did not register with me. It did not make sense how he could be at peace as his body shut down and he was preparing to die. That planted a seed. I think that seed blossomed after that suicide attempt. I was able to accept that I could believe in a God that could give you that much peace. That's what I needed. That led to me being open-minded about finding God. And this was the whole COVID era. I, like many people around here, have great pride in my ability to be gainfully employed. I had great pride that I was an essential worker. I had great pride that the world needed me to go to work until the day it didn't. Oilfield was worthless. Everything we thought about ourselves out here crumbled away. My position in the oil field is, is not a good basis for, it's not a good basis for a life well lived. I needed something else. I needed something bigger. I needed something eternal. <laughs> We are born with an emptiness in us. We have hungers in us for which nothing of this earth can satisfy. We have thirsts in us. Nothing of this earth can quench. I know because I tried all of them. I was always lost, always looking for somewhere I fit in, somewhere I belonged. I've traveled around the world looking for something, something to fill that emptiness. That's when I found God. It was there the whole time. I found out about Cowboy Junction. I've been driving, of course, driving down Highway 18 all of my life. I've seen it grow slowly. And that kind of resonated with me. There might be something going on there. And during the COVID era, I remember reading a newspaper article about the pastor, Cowboy Junction. Man, that guy's kind of different. I forget exactly what I read, 
but it stuck with me. And shortly after New Year 2022, I got that tug in my heart. I needed to go to a church. So with great reluctance, this is the church I went to. I found some sermons on a podcast platform. I listened to them. I wanted to make sure the, the building I walked into was accurately teaching scripture. So I walked in the door. I dodged those nice people holding the door for me. I went inside and I sat up top at the back. I forget what the timer on the screen said, but it was a few minutes before service started and I was flipping out. I was ready to explode, lash out, and leave. The more people I saw coming in, the more tense I got. I got out of my seat and I was drawn up to the front row. For the first time in my life, putting the world behind me felt safe. That's important to me, that's why I still sit up there to this day. The message that day was about surrendering to the master craftsman so that I could be made into something useful. My attempts at carving myself into something useful to the world, though I received many opportunities to do such, never really worked. I was willing to try anything Life can make us really hard. And from the outside, you got layers. Layers of people, situations, things that just kept adding up and adding up. And you don't think there's much hope for what you've been through. And the reality that God's not done with your story yet. And I'd like to show you something that happened in our home recently when I started doing one of the fun things I like doing. Um, I have a little hobby. Now, some of you are going to get really nervous, and that's okay. Just chill with me here. At home, I like making kitchen tools. Um, It's just relaxing. But when I got home and found this firewood, white cedar is one of the prettiest woods you'll ever find. And I got home and just started going to town on this old wood, taking the edge off, little by little. And you can begin to see something coming out that you couldn't see before. Now, you may be looking at this going, where is this going? I know exactly where it's going. I, I, I can see the potential. It's been there the whole time. And after you do this enough times, it really begins to unfold. And down deep, There's something there that you didn't know was there, but I knew was there. Now, there's one cut I need to make, and it 
goes about right here. Now it's almost there. Come on, Jesus, take the wheel. Here we go. Come on, Lord, you got this. It's gonna, there it is. That's what we were looking for. By the way, did you know this is you? This is you. This is getting down to the things that only God can see. By the way, this is what God's doing in some of your hearts. And you can't figure out where are we going. It's in this time, it's funny, it still feels like a weapon. Some of us are still dealing with anger. Some of us are still dealing with being frustrated at the world. And we don't know whether to go hit something or just be under God's hands. It, this is all getting someplace. Let me show you where it's getting. In the long run, it ends up looking like this. And who'd have thought that this was inside this? Who'd have thought this was inside this? At, at what point would you just like to quit? It's just like, at what point where you're, are you just going to be like, God, you've done so much, but it doesn't feel like we've gotten anywhere. And it takes time. And at this point, it's like, okay, I, I feel like a totally different person. Um, put me in the army, army of God. I'll let them have it. And that's funny. <laughs> and, but God won't quit working on you. Because he has a plan for the tool that you're going to turn into someday. I don't even know what you would do with all that I've been through. But if Ty was right, I would be a fool to not give you permission to do it. Now, there's two ways that you are saved. The Bible says, this is how you know if you're saved, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And your story here just in the next few minutes may look like this. I totally believe that you are who you say you are. You are Jesus, the Son of God. And I believe that you really did rise from the dead. There were witnesses. Ty's talked about it. We've talked about it a million times. And I believe. And now, would you be my Lord? That's how it all starts. So, I surrendered to the master craftsman that day. When I walked out of church, first thing that went through my mind is it's time. It's time to step up and to be the man that God created me to be. The illustration in that message was one of action, not passively sitting around waiting for something to happen, actively submitting to God to become who I was meant to be. Step by step, moment by moment, throughout the, throughout the next year, I made Jesus my Lord. Every salvation is a miracle. Some salvation stories are quite modest, some salvation stories are magnificent. 
Whether modest or magnificent, it happens in a moment. Our salvation is secure in that moment. What we do with it after that moment for the rest of our lives while we're on this earth is what truly matters. So for a year, through repentance, obedience, and faithfulness, I was sorting out a lifetime of programming in this software. And when you do that, you get these opportunities for software updates. You get to level up. You can start serving. When you show obedience there, you get more opportunities to go out and be the church, to serve with the most amazing brothers and sisters I have ever met in my life. I didn't know people like this existed because they weren't the ones standing around ridiculing me when I was younger. God's people have been out there being the church this whole time. His will is being done. He will let us be a part of it. We just have to say yes. We just have to say yes. I remember the day I got baptized, I said I was here to pursue God's purpose with God's people. I didn't quite know what that meant at the time, but that was what was on my heart. And that has led to meeting, interacting, and serving with the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. The Ironman Bible study on Thursday, juvenile detention ministry, and the racetrack chaplaincy, serving with Brother Chris and Pastor Mondo in that juvenile detention ministry. We're just getting started and things have leveled up in serving those brothers and sisters them about Jesus is the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. Chaplain Don, the racetrack chaplaincy, you show up, he'll put you to work. He is out there being the church day after day, wherever he is at. How could you not want that in your life? I'm just some bonehead who showed up one day. I'm not special, I just said yes. I had decades of adventure and excitement and thrill-seeking at my disposal. It all led to emptiness. We're being filled here, serving the Lord. This is a letter from 1943 my great-grandmother received from the War Department. My grandfather had left the farm, gone off to fight in the war. 1943, World War II was getting ugly. My grandmother, great-grandmother, received in the mail a letter from the War Department. Right under the big scary words of War Department, it says Office of the Chaplain. I could imagine she thought the very worst. How long she must have stared at this envelope before she tore it open. I can only imagine how she praised God when she opened this letter and read that her son was attending church services and learning about Jesus. That's why I'm so honored to be a part of that juvenile ministry. 
because every one of those young men and women have someone back home praying for them. God sent someone to teach them about Jesus. Hmm. After a year of, of following Jesus, I would like to present my brothers and sisters in Christ a challenge. Let's stop identifying ourselves according to our presence in the world and fitting Jesus in where we have room. Let's identify ourselves on our position in Christ and operate in this world accordingly. We have some amazing pastors here who on a weekly basis are encouraging us to go out and be the church. You have permission, guys. Let's do it. There aren't enough professional pastors out there to fulfill all the needs of the lost in this world. We need to mobilize the laity, encourage and equip our brothers and sisters to go out and be the church. If I could say something to someone who is currently as hard-hearted as I once was, I'd say, stop. This isn't the way you were designed to live life. You're miserable. You're miserable. But you don't have to be. Your attempts at fixing yourself will be as successful as if you were to try to drill your own cavities. When I was younger and people would try to witness to me, I was so full of hate that a message of love meant nothing to me. I'd never felt love, experienced love. First time I ever felt love was the day my oldest daughter was born. Existing in this dark world without knowing what love is, is devastating. So if you're living like I once was, my heart hurts for you. I ask you to try Jesus. Learn about Jesus from people who are following Jesus. The person you've been all these years is not your identity. You don't have to keep being that person who is lost, that person who is miserable. You can have a reset. God's purpose for your life involves a moment of reset so that you may enjoy and live the peace, the joy, and love that is only possible through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.